from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Two words. The Boodles. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! No. Welcome to the Tennis Revolution, people. It, we're, we're changing our focus. It's going to be year-round coverage of the Boodles. <laughs> the Boodles preview show, or post-review now. Corey, how's it going? We're, I always forget to introduce us and you and me and the show and anybody else's. I got to quit doing that. I feel like people already tune out once before they even hear that. Once they hear the boodles, they're gone. No, they're in. They're telling their friends. Are you kidding me? That's the, the boodles, man. The best name tournament in history. Yeah, I, w- I, I think so. I absolutely think so. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There are some beautiful people walking around on the website of the boodles. So something's going on out there. I almost don't want to know, and I feel like I should know already, but do you even want, do we want to say why it's called the boodles, or do we just leave it mysterious? Well, I'm going to leave it mysterious because I have no idea why. I don't know either. Oh, all right, good. I thought you knew. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Quite frankly, I don't care. Uh, I think I just really don't want it to change. I think really, if I found out, it might ruin it. That's what I mean. I almost don't want to know, but I just worry that next year it'll be called, you know, the something else. No, I think the Boodles might be a place or something. Maybe <laughs> it's going to be the. Uh, we're going to be talking about it a hundred years from now. oldest running tournament well let me tell you something uh the thing i liked about it the most is everybody all the players are so laid back yeah how do you think they know the format (laughs) i I don't know the format do you know how i don't i I just know that i watch one day and two guys play and one of them loses and the next day the same guy is playing (laughs) again (laughs) and i'm like i don't even want to look up how it works i just like not knowing <laughs> I didn't, yeah, exactly <laughs> hey there's Federer again <laughs> they could be running like 2016 and 2017 i wouldn't even know right the same two people <laughs> play every day it's well, like an nba series as they just play best of seven i think here you go here's wikipedia <laughs> often described as an elegant didn't i say beautiful there you go. as an elegant english summer party around world-class tennis Attendance is strictly limited to 1,900 people per day to ensure every guest has a view of both the tennis and, here's the key, (laughs) here's the key, the jewelry on display. Oh, Lord. So the Boodles, I think, is a high-class, which really we should stop talking about it right there, uh, (laughs) a high-class event having something to do with uh, high-end jewelry. I think that's what the Boodles. So I wonder if they don't even have prize money. They just pay the players like an appearance fee. And just say you got to play three matches and that's it. Uh, England, in coordination with oh wait, in coordination with the Boodles, <laughs> with Boodles, a luxury jeweler. Oh, there you go. It was initially founded by veteran sports agent, somebody who cares. Blah blah blah. Nice. So each player has at least three matches, and allowing non-competition players to appear in one match per day. I don't know what that means. So yeah, so all kinds of people. I guess they just come back and play and hang out. Yeah, how fun. Well, and as a player, why wouldn't you love that? Because you're guaranteed three matches against yeah. good players. Yeah, why not get ready for Wimbledon by dicking around for a week? And you're obviously getting paid, and you're already in the same location. I thought Boodles. <laughs> I like it. So I like we get, it. Now we need a U.S. Open version of that. 
I'll work on that for next year. We'll schedule it. All right. What's the highest end thing that we have access to? <laughs> the In and Out Burger. I cannot think of anything. I was going to say like toilet bowl covers. <laughs> or I mean, I, I don't mean anything. our country. Our country is very high end, right. but I mean just us in particular. Yeah, this podcast in particular, me and you specifically. <laughs> um, T-shirts, uh, keychains. Yeah, <laughs> we could do something big. Yeah, have a. Have a like a, a display case that we rent for four thousand dollars, <laughs> and inside the display case is like two of those like floating keychains. Right. <laughs> we'll have like those games where you gotta get line up the blocks. Or do you think it would be? Do you think they'd come after us if we called it the noodles? <laughs> <laughs> Trademark infringement or patent infringement? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I have a feeling it's not gonna have the same appeal. Sadly. Well, I mean, if you ask me. It's laid back, of course, so that changes, you know, in terms of like if I'm coaching a player and what I want them to do, that changes a little bit because it happens right before the big W, right? Yeah. But at the same time, do you mean to tell me that if I can go to the Boodles, I smile every time I say (laughs) uh, and and play against, I don't know, maybe my odds on favorite to win Wimbledon, Benoit Pair. (laughs) And play him in a goofing around match. Is that better than, you know, maybe a first round match in, all right, help me now, help me. Antalya, yeah, grass court <laughs> tournament in Turkey where uh, Adrian Manorino's the one seed. Yeah. You know, you tell me. Well, and it's just the other thing is if you go and lose that first round, well, then you, you know, you got nothing out of it basically. Right. And you're done for the week, and you got to sit around for six, seven days. No, you don't. You got to fly all the way from Turkey. Well, yeah. And I don't really know where Turkey Even is. Worse, um, it's in your grocery aisle. <laughs> I know where Turkey is, man. Why do I laugh at that? Can you name two cities in Turkey? Uh, I was gonna say lira, but that's the currency. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Oh god, yeah, Turkish lira. I do know that somehow. I don't know. Uh, well, Ankara is the capital, right? Is it? Why do you insist on making us look really dumb on this podcast? Because I only knew two. <laughs> I only it's knew. like name that tune. You're saying two <laughs> I, I to see if it. I can name three. Oh, my goodness. Um, Constantinople. <laughs> the hell are you talking about? <laughs> That's a city. I yeah. It's changed names. In about the 1400s. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. I think he's in the first round of Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh. You're a tennis coach, right? Thank God. Oh, thank, I was going to say thank God. <laughs> Son of a... I don't, right. and not, I don't have a teaching degree at all. It's, it's not in history or geography. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know how we got off on two cities in Turkey. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, the Boodles, I, it just seems like a more fun environment leading into... And you're you know down the road compared to flying in from Turkey. Yeah, they probably don't even... They can stay in the same place for two, three weeks. Right. Which is obviously great because I think as a coach, I would assume you would want your players in the routine as much as possible. I mean, it depends on how much as hotel rooms cost. Because <laughs> if I'm in Wimbledon, I'm not, you know, I'm in qualifying of qualifying right. of qualifying. True. So I ain't making no money. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So the Boodles is the really the highlight, if you ask me, on the, particularly on the men's side. Because Antalya is a nothing. Right. And then Eastbourne is a nothing. Yeah. So Which is sad because Eastbourne used to be kind of a big deal. And I feel like... 
for whatever reason, it's kind of taking a back seat now. Uh, yeah, it's it's sexism. It's the matriarchy. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, even I don't even feel like even for now, it's a big deal for the women's even. Well, it's a bigger way, but you know, it's double the size, I think, from what the men's yeah, is. Right. So, I just remember, do you remember, I'm going to say three or four years ago, it was probably now eight or ten years ago when uh, that was where Navratilova played her last singles match. I didn't know but, that. Yeah, she came back and, well, I say last, she might have done it to train for her last at Wimbledon, but I know she won first round at Eastbourne and then lost the second round, and she was like in her 40s at the time. Not quite double. The women's is like 970 and the men's is like 721. Okay. That hundred thousands. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I don't think you can look at Antalya or Eastbourne and say, oh, wow, that's really going <laughs> to paint a picture of what's to come at Wimbledon. If we did research, we could tell you when the last time someone who's won either of those has won Wimbledon. Probably for the men, never. For the women's, maybe it's happened before. Hmm. But I'm sure it's been a while. See, we, the- listen, here's the most important thing that y'all <laughs> need to know, okay? We know what we need to know. Oh, yeah. By far. I mean... If you ask me to what information would be good to figure out these things in tennis, I can tell you what information. Right. But we don't go through the effort to look for it. <laughs> Why would we? You right. can Google it. Yeah. Quicker than we can. We're in here trying to record. I'm touching buttons. We'd like to give you something to do while you listen, you know. Yeah, interactive. Yes. It's a new kind of podcasting world out there. We're on the cutting edge. Google, Google your own shit. Make the, That's li- what, make the listeners do the work. Yeah, why not? It's too, yeah, you're driving. Listen to this in the car. Who gives a shit? Right, exactly. Don't text and drive. No. Or Google and drive. Yeah, I don't think you can listen to a podcast and talk to Siri at the same time, but maybe you can. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, so the men's tennis uh, this week was a wash. We had the Boodles and two nothing tournaments. <laughs> Uh, on the women's side, of course, he's born a bit bigger. Um, it's definitely bigger size-wise. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> None. I'm see. I'm not kidding. No pun intended. I swear. Um, and we had so you know, I mean, when you're talking about the number one seed being you know a top five player, now you're into some business, right? Now you're into some business because the number one seed on in Eastbourne of the men was a fine, fine player, I must say, but Diego Schwartzman. Uh, I don't think is a threat at the old Wimby. Yeah, I mean, number he's ranked ranked highly, but not when you consider grass court rankings. So we had uh, Wozniacki. You heard of her? Yeah. Now that she's won a Grand Slam, you have. <laughs> right. You selfish bastard. Um, so she's the one seed. And you had a bunch of players all throughout here that, uh, that uh, are impressive. Um, and she defeated one Sabalenka. How about that? Didn't see that one coming, no, because you didn't watch any of the tournament. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. They almost forced you to watch women's... T- <laughs> that came out wrong. Wait a second. <laughs> um, hmm. How can I word this and not sound like a pig? Uh, I wanted to watch women's tennis. Yes. But the men's coverage was garbage. Right. Like, garbage. And really, they didn't cover a lot of m- women early on, including, like, obviously, if it's on BN, you can't get it on Tennis Channel Plus anyway. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, it was just coverage was a shit show. I mean, great job. Way to grow tennis. Nice job. Well, and that is the, the negative of the Boodles is you don't really have a draw to follow. It's just you don't really have a reason to tune in. You just turn it on and see what's on. It's going to be something entertaining, but you don't really have a you know matchups to look forward to necessarily. Right. Whereas in a draw, you can kind of see players like, you know, building up to meet each other. So on the women's side, you know, again, Better matches, better depth of the draw. 
And uh, and Wozniacki came through and got her dubs, picked up a cool whatever, you know. 500, 400. Something. Well, whatever. I know we talk about this every slam, but do you think that it's a good idea to play the week before a slam? Only the Because the men don't do it. Only the boodles. <laughs> the men don't do it, but the women do it pretty consistently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the top men shied away, but, you know, they're three out of five, and, you know, I don't call in or anything and bitch about this but <laughs> three out of five is more difficult than two out of three i don't know if you knew that <laughs> so if you, you got to get ready for seven matches potentially um well they, even wimbledon yeah. you can tell they know that because they've already finished their qualifying two days for the tournament so they know even for you know people in the qualifying playing three out of five they need a couple days off right to have a have a chance yeah so you ready to wrap up the last week and start talking about the dubs, the big dubs, the oh, big yeah. W, Always. Wimby, the the championship, if you will. Is that is that still the premier tournament for you, just of tennis? Mm. Obviously, we're mm. biased mm. living here, but mm. but I feel like that's still the one that gets the most attention from everything. I, okay, so I think it is prestigious in the same way that a 1967 Jaguar is prestigious. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. I mean, now I made up 19... I don't know shit about yeah. cars, so this is not a cars podcast. But assuming, like, the the vintage Jaguar, you know, when they really were just crushing it, had everything working, or ahead of the game, you know, during that time period, assume that's 1967. Why? I don't know. I wasn't born yet, so we're going to go with it. <laughs> so it's prestigious in that regard that if, you know... The kind of people that would have, you know, some kind of vintage Jaguar in their garage would be like a Jay Leno right. or Jerry Seinfeld kind of people who are car people and billionaires. Um, and again, the 1967 Jaguar might be a piece of shit. I don't know. I'm just... I, <laughs> or might not exist. I'm spitballing. Or, yeah, it, I'm spitballing here. I'm just... You know what I'm saying. Right. Like, the, like that original Gullwing Mercedes. Like, yeah. that's like the quintessential Mercedes, the, you know, whatever. Now, could it compete with a 2018, you know, no, of course not, but at the time, it was whatever, you know what I'm saying, right. yapping about nothing I here. think it's only because, like, let's say they made it on hard court, to me, it wouldn't have near the appeal. The reason it's appealing is it's the only major tournament on grass, Yep. and even though Australia and U.S. Open are technically different surfaces, they're similar enough where, yep. you know, they're, they're, they don't differentiate themselves based on that, and so you got it, it's right in the middle of summer, so everybody has a lot of free time to watch it, Um. And I mean, just the fact that it's on ESPN every day tells me that it's a big deal. Royalty goes there and hangs yeah. out. You got a curtsy and um, bow or whatever the hell people do. So I just, I still think, I guess what I meant by that question is, does do tennis players growing up still dream of winning Wimbledon more than anything else? I don't know. Maybe not. But there is that sense that now the U.S. Open, I don't know how it works. It's a public facility. Um, Australia, same thing. I don't know how, I don't know what the French deal is. But Wimbledon is a private club. Right. And I'm assuming the only way to be a member is to be white male <laughs> over 100 <laughs> or win Wimbledon. Right. And so uh, the men and women that win Wimbledon, I guess they're club members or okay. something. Is that how that works? Oh, I didn't know that. Come on, man. <laughs> Get your shit together. Uh, oh, you, yeah, you're privileged. You're a white That's male. Right. You don't have to worry about I'm already that. a member. You're I don't just, know exactly. Yeah, I don't pay probably. attention to who else gets in. <laughs> um, so as he twirls his mustache. Yes. Uh, and, you know, takes his top hat off. <laughs> About to go get in his 1967 Jaguar. There you uh, go. So, yeah. So, I, I do think there's always going to be a level 
of prestige. I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot like um, the British Open. Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, I would, say, I would say, but don't you still feel like the Masters is the most prestigious of Right, those? but they invented golf right. there. But you go there, and it's a shit show. <laughs> the wind is 195 miles an hour. Yeah. The greens are the size of football fields. <laughs> but like a football field in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, it, it's impossible. It's an impossible golf course. And except for Tiger, that one year where he broke the all-time record by 119 strokes, and it starts here at like 6 a.m. But so does Wimbledon, I guess. But yeah, but so it, is it the best, most beautiful course? Is it no? But it's hollowed ground, and I think to some degree Wimbledon is hollowed ground in that right. regard. But how many people have said, "Screw you, Wimbledon! I'm not wearing all white," right. you know, Agassi, yeah. all the every clay quarter ever. <laughs> well, um, I would compare Wimbledon to like when the British Open's at St Andrews. That's, that's the, the one, feel about. St. Andrews. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. I don't. It's also not a golf ball podcast. <laughs> yeah, they have a three hundred yard hole, and hundred yards of that is the green. So it's uh, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it's not anywhere like any other golf. And that's how I feel at Wimbledon. It's not anywhere you're gonna, not going to play that anywhere else except the Boodles. But it's just totally different. We should so, start a Boodles golf tournament. <laughs> or how about a Boodles racing tournament in Jaguars? I was going to say Boodles fits perfectly for golf. I guess they've got to have. Uh, that's what I'm going to start saying every time I miss a putt. Boodles. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like to me, it's still the most gets the most attention. Um, I don't know if that's so. What you're saying is is overrated, is what you're trying to get at. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just yeah, I don't feel like it's more any more prestigious than any other. I don't think it's any more prestigious than the French. I think there's a lot of history to the French. And I think Australia was nobody gave a shit for so long, right? And then the U.S. Open, nobody likes the U.S. And basically, the U.S. Open is, you know, a representative of what the USA is loud in your face, right? You know, night matches and all this. Yeah, I feel like they all kind of have their distinctive identity, and then the Australians like the fourth, distant fourth. No, and I love the Australian just because of the time of day it's on and the time of year, just because it's winter here, but. I feel like they all kind of have their own identity, and Australia is kind of just a... Yeah, go watch it live, see if you like it. Here, <laughs> you cooking and getting yeah, eaten by exactly. about a million bugs that can kill you with one look. <laughs> but I do think it hurts them historically that, that a lot of players didn't play. Even yeah. though that's so long ago now, but still, it kind of distorts the facts. Like, if they ever made Indian Wells a Grand Slam, talk about Federer being the best ever, and then wait till they add Indian Wells in Miami, and then you'll have people with... 30 slams right <laughs> yep well anywho so yeah I, I i do think it is uh prestigious but they are trying to it seems like they're trying to just edge it you know basically all we're gonna have is wimbledon that's it right that's it we'll have the boodles and we'll have four weeks of the boodles <laughs> and and then wimbledon yeah because i mean pisses me off yeah, this they've made me. all the other... Why can't they have one grass court masters? We talked about that since the inception of this podcast, right. Corey. Is that your Corey's Corner by any chance? No, it's not. Uh, it should be. That'd be a good one. <laughs> we didn't ruin it this time. Compared to your shitty one I'm sure you have coming up, that would have been a good one. Um, but yeah, like we've always said, and of course me, even before you were on this podcast, Dark Days, by the way, uh, they should have at least a master's leading into the Grand Slam and maybe one others at the, at the beginning of each right. season, quote-unquote season, uh, of each surface. But well, because then people wouldn't be able to skip it, which is a lot of people just skip the whole pre-Wimbledon. Right. And I think, you know, it's very hard for players to skip a 1,000-point tournament if they're top players. Yeah, yeah. 
but I, you know, but all that would have to also be make it more of a season where right. you are playing these tournaments or you're not part of this dumb season. Right. <sighs> Just give me the keys. <laughs> well, and I've, I've heard why they can't move the Australian. You know, we well, know why they, they can't move the U.S. Why can't they move Wimbledon one or two weeks later? I've never heard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be a valid reason. I've just never heard I mean, it. Doesn't the weather stay exactly the same <laughs> all year round? So who gives a shit? I mean, it rained. You know, they got a roof now. Who cares? And if it ended two weeks from now, you'd still have, you know, six or eight weeks until the open. So what is, yeah, what's the difference? I, I don't know, buddy. You'd have way more time than you do between the French and Wimbledon right now. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Even though they've made it a week longer, it still seems like the French just happened. And there's no harder transition than going from slipping on dirt to slipping on grass Going from slipping on grass to, oh, wow, I can really feel comfortable moving. This is fantastic. Yeah. You know, you're just catching up to the ball. I, people forget that it's not just the ball that you're, you know, the type of ball you're hitting or receiving. It's also all the movement and the, you know, the style of game. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's hard to imagine women ever changing from grass, but it's almost like it almost seems silly to have it on grass at this point. Just because it's they've, the only one. They've made it silly. They've right. made it silly by yeah. getting rid of every other, almost all the rest of the grass court season. Right. Because, I mean, U.S. Open has been on all three surfaces, actually. Well, and the whole statement I, we, we always talk about with the slams is like, I always tell people, imagine if two of the slams were on clay and Nadal would have, you know, 40 30 slams and Federer would have, you know, 12. Right. So it's like, in some ways, it's based on what era you played. Has a lot to do with who you has made the, most the best slams. point. By the way, you made the best point of all time. Well, I always do. Oh, God. <laughs> that just remember. Really, now I'm not going to get credit for it. Remember, anymore. leave my pauses alone. Okay, <laughs> let's start over. All right, this is a self edit. No, oh, okay. Disregard all previous testimony. Strike it from the record. <laughs> so you made the best point ever last week when you said Sampras played the French Open every year. And so he was putting wear and tear on his body throughout the clay court season and then coming into Wimbledon and still kicked ass at Wimbledon, whereas Federer is basically mailing it in, if even showing up at all, and he's fresh. Right. That was the greatest point on this podcast ever until this one. Well, well, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, goddamn. Um, The other side is, you know, for a long time, they still only had 16 seeds when Sampras was playing. Which they're about to go back to, which I don't understand at all. I love it. You like it better? Yeah, of course. Of course. And you know what's done it to for me the most is puts me over the edge the most. All this Serena Williams seating bullshit. <laughs> so the uh you know, sixteen he he played potentially a lot better players out of the gate. Right. Potentially in the first round, and he's being pushed, you know, immediately, whereas yeah. Fetter is playing tomato cans for the first three rounds. Well, and you can't tell me that Nadal would not have more Wimbledon titles if he didn't play the French also just because He's killing himself for two weeks every time and then coming into Wimbledon and not even playing grass court. No, no, no. He's winning every clay court tournament. Yeah. And then, go, yeah. And then still having, and still getting out there and playing. I, I, Nadal will never skip Wimbledon. I can promise you that by choice. Right. He might, you know, because he's injured or something, but he's never going to skip it. So what you're saying is Federer is a punk. <laughs> is that what you're saying? It's, well, I'm not going to say that, but you know how I feel about that. Well, apparently, um, all these fandoms attack people, but you don't have Twitter, so you don't give a shit. <laughs> this podcast has a Twitter, and I don't give a shit. Right. I mean, I don't even read it. I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know how. It, it's just beyond me. It's beyond me. But anyway, um, so yeah, you're right. Sampras is the best ever. Well, good, and since, good call. <laughs> well, and since you brought it up, oh, we never God. talked about this last week, but 
what what should Serena have been seated, if at all? So is that, I believe they is seated that her. Corey's corner? It's not. I'm building the anticipation. Well, but I think they seated her 24th, right? I don't know. But we can find out, and so can you, when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com, to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, the mighty, let's talk about some women's tennis. The mighty Serena. So, of course, the controversy all year since she's come back from maternity leave, if you will, has been to seed or not to seed, and that men hate women if she's not seeded. <laughs> um, and I don't understand how these th- two things are related. I don't understand how it's not like we're telling her you cannot come back. Here, you're in the tournament you're supposed to be in. You're, right. Your ranking for tournaments you get into is protected. Right. Or should be i was about to say for her it's actually not protected but it's because it's her right right, right. but she, it should be right it should be I, to me and no i'm not saying what do you mean it should be meaning just like an injury but no i'm not saying gloria all red that <laughs> pregnancy is an injury you dumb dumb what i'm saying is is if injury is going to be protected from the love of pete having a baby should certainly be because protect- to be honest with you i don't care about rankings for injuries screw right. you you got hurt beat it just well beat yeah it. because i think when you're injured i think you still get the seating i could be wrong about that but i think when you're injured they you still get the seating when you come back yeah i don't know how any of that works and i don't care i don't think it should i think if you break an ankle and you're out for three months yeah good luck right go nishikori style go agassi style yeah and and come on back the way you need to come back you got to earn it on back because you're not the same player well, and if they bring you back, let's say you were number 10 when you got injured. If you come back and you're number 10, like these people are saying that these people are, you're going to win the first tournament you play and you're going to be back already within the field that you should be. Right. And one thing that lessens the argument of not seeding or seeding Serena is going to 16 seeds in the Grand Slams. Because now that's less players... So in other words, it's more likely we're going to have you know Titans matching up against each right. other in the first round because if you have a bad couple of months and you drop down in the rankings, now you're seated unseated at 17, like a Keys would have been last year. I think it was a right. Wimbledon. And Kyrgios was at one of them too. He was right. 17. Exactly. And you don't you don't think either one of those people could have beat a top five player in the world, one of the top five seeds? Of course they could have. Right. So with 16 seeds, it lessens that argument. With 32. Yeah, I mean, I think Sybil Kova got jacked. I think she was supposed to be 32, and she's now 33. And she doesn't have a good draw either. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I don't have a problem with her being seated. I I, uh, I did think it was a total cop-out by the U.S. Open, you know, Katrina right. Adams saying, oh, of course we're going to consider that. You know, she didn't say she was going to seat him. She said, we're going to take it into consideration. Well, I think they, they said we're going to cha- look at our policy right. for the pregnancy policy. I don't know what they've done with it. Well, so, but that's whole, that's too, again... That's two separate issues. If I'm running Wimbledon, first of all, I'm going to be drunk the whole time. <laughs> um, too much pressure. <laughs> um, I'll just handle all grass cutting. Yeah. You, so y'all can handle the rest. <laughs> so I couldn't handle that either. It'd be a disaster. That I'd be out there awful. weed eating around the, you know, it'd be a disaster. <laughs> um, 
they don't have fire ants in, in, in England, I don't think. So that's one benefit. Yeah, I'm just talking about how my yard is. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, the hell was I talking about? Why do I do <laughs> seating, that? The two seating issues. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So if I'm running this tournament, I've got one, not one job. I got lots of jobs. But when I'm putting the draw together, I've got one job to make it the most accurate draw possible, right? Relative to the seating and who should go where and to be quite frank, I don't think anybody knows, including Serena, where she is. Right. She knows where she is in terms of her potential. Yeah. You know, I'm sure she's got great belief, and we know that as well. Of course, we know right. she's the greatest ever, and very likely will can, you know, repeat that you know pattern over the next whatever when yeah. she gets 100. percent But we still don't know where she. She almost died for God's sake. Did you watch that <laughs> HBO? I didn't either. No, but, but I heard about it. Yeah, I hear things. <laughs> and so the bottom line is we have to put her where she is. Again, if I'm doing the draw, we've got to put her where we think she is relative to everybody else. We're, with all things being factored in. It's not like her having a baby and then coming back. I, I have some policy for you know uh, maternity leave all of a sudden makes her not physically less than she was when she left. For God's sakes, get a, get a grip, people. Well, and I say this pretty confidently. I'm, I don't believe there's ever been a tournament where the top 16 seeds have made it to the round of 16 in any Grand Slam. So I don't think, you know, everybody knows it's not an exact science. So why are you acting like it makes that much of a difference, you know, whether she's seeded or not? Whether she's seeded 32 or 21 or 8, you know, it's just not. Right. The draw doesn't play out that way anyway. So what does it matter? I think as long as she's not playing a top 10 player the first round, it's fine. And as long as she's seeded, she's not going to. And I got news for you. To me, You've got 32 seeds. Only one of those seeds is Serena. Right. So 31 other seeds, you're protecting them as well. Right. To be honest with you. And I, because you don't know. You don't know. So if you're Hollop or Wozniacki and you're on either ends of the draw and here comes Serena and they put her at one, you know, unseated and you play, you know, Hollop right out of the gate, shit. You know, that's not, you know, it's just. I don't know. Well, and here's the other thing. I don't think Serena gives a shit if she loses first round or second round. She either wins the tournament or she doesn't care. She's not going to be talking in 20 years about how she made the semifinals of 2018 Wimbledon. She's going to be talking about the 25 that she won. Outside outside of the fact that, you know, how am I doing? How, yeah. how you know, am I am I 100% yet? Am I working my way back? And Well, it would suck if she did draw Hallett first round and lost 7-5 in the third because that means one of the best players in the tournament is not in the tournament anymore. You know, in the first round, I mean. Right. But outside and all, of that. And all that would mean is she's not, she definitely shouldn't have been the one seed. Right. But it doesn't mean she couldn't have done that in the finals, yeah. you know. So, oh, man. It, it's it's getting mixed up in all this crap having to do with, you know, the patriarchy and Me Too. I, I don't understand all any of it. Her body went through dramatic physical changes. She hasn't competed at the highest levels of the game yet right and so you have to place her in the draw seed her properly because of that right and she's the 25 and if she she wins her first round against an unseated player her second rounds against an unseated player and then the third round she would face the five seeds Svitolina who says she's Svitolina's gonna make it that far right you know like you were saying she has in the last two right but yeah I mean that's the thing and and I think if you ask Serena where her level was right now I mean, I think her ego might say that she's number one, but I don't think she believes she's number one. Yeah, which which grass t- tournament did she win again? Right. The Boodles? No, she didn't <laughs> win the Boodles. 
Yeah, so it's just, you know, I think they have to they have to use they have to be somewhat realistic in their seating. And I'm happy they did. I mean, if they seated her one, I think there should have been an outrage. I don't know that there would have been, but there should have been. If they would have seated her top ten, I think there should have been an outrage. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I just don't get I think outside the top sixteen, since they have thirty two seeds, I think outside anywhere outside the top sixteen is perfectly legitimate. Yeah. She just hasn't proven it yet, which ultimately proves the point. Well, and I think one way they could resolve this in the future, even if they have 16 seeds, they could say, we're going to seed 15 players and we're going to always reserve one spot for extenuating circumstances and do that every slam. And then if you want to do number 16 in that spot, that's fine. But if you've got somebody coming back from injury or somebody who's had amazing form coming in or whatever, and then that 16th person doesn't feel like they got screwed because it was already laid out that you were doing it that way. You have just solved a huge problem for me. <laughs> A huge problem for me. And that was begrudgingly giving you credit for that previous point I mentioned by ruining <laughs> it by that dumb point. Holy shit. You're even. Back to square one. So you just think they should go straight off rankings every time? Listen, it's not an easy job to seed a tournament. It's not. Right. Particularly when you throw in people who haven't been 100% in, in odd, certain, not odd, for God's yeah. sakes, having a baby's not odd. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Uh, you're not, these unusual. are unusual circumstances on the women's tour. Yeah. Um, and a tournament that has so few lead-up tournaments, you really don't get a good feel of how everybody is on the grass and who, you know, who plays these damn tournaments. Well, I'll tell you another way I wouldn't be opposed to them doing it is just take the round of 16 from last year. Those are your 16 seeds. No, uh, you you do what we said. A masters, little tournaments, well, masters, and then having the Grand Slam, and you use all those tournaments for the seating. And by the way, Nadal, if you don't play a grass court tournament, sorry, you're unseated. Yeah, you know that's so. Then and again, that's how you motivate players to play. Exactly, because ultimately, you being number one in the world after Australia and French doesn't mean you're the best grass court player, right? So, whatever. Well, we know, yeah, we know they're not going to listen to us, especially for Wimbledon when it's so rooted in tradition. But so, what's going to make our eat our words on her being twenty five? She makes the semis. Oh yeah, I mean quarters. But again, I don't think that means that we're wrong about the seating. Right. Right. You know, I think that just means that she played well. I mean, if the number, if an unseated player makes the semis, doesn't mean they were wrong about the seating. They right. just had a good week or whatever. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean that would definitely prove that she's farther along than we think. Because we're saying where should she actually be seated based on her skill level right now? Well, one. Oh, right now. Right, 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 right. 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 I, would, I would put her, like you said, probably in the 15 to 20 range. Right. If I had money, to, if I was allowed to gamble, not because of an addiction, but I'm an NCAA <laughs> coach. Um, if I was allowed to gamble, I would put all kinds of money on the fact that she's going to be number one in the world and dominating women's tennis again within the next four years. Three right. years. I would put lots of money on that. Yeah. Got it. I wouldn't, but but, that, but that's not. Well, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but that's not what we're saying here. What we're saying is, where are you at right now? We've got to make a hard decision and back up off us because, damn it, it's not an easy decision. And nothing that you, I mean, put her at one. Are you shitting me? Well, I think here's what people don't factor in too. If I were to make a list of the eight most likely players to win the tournament, she might be in that eight spot, but she's also more likely to lose first or second round than than the other seven of those probably. So that's the thing. It does just because she has a chance to win the tournament doesn't to me mean she should be seated in the top eight. Why do you think she's not gonna? Why wouldn't you put money on that? Did um, she come back and dominate women's tennis again? 
Because I just think it's... I don't think it's as easy as she thinks it's going to be. You think blood's in the water? You think all these young players now see blood like sharks and they realize, oh, we can beat her? Yeah, and I don't think she's going to play enough tournaments for her ranking to be high enough anymore, so her seating's going to be low always, which means tougher draws. And I just think once she loses a couple more of these, it's the starting, she's starting to, going to start thinking about it. Having another baby, that's your theory. Well, not anymore. Originally that was, but not, um, not after the complications. She right. Had. Yeah, I don't know, man. I... It's hard to it's hard to bet against her just because of her dominance, but uh, thank God she's not playing doubles in this tournament. That was <laughs> I don't know what she was thinking in the French, but she had to man. All she was thinking about one thing: getting as many matches yeah. and nothing. It's not like she heard it playing doubles. That's true. It was gonna yeah. It was already there. I'm sure all week. But the doubles draw looks terrible. But both doubles draws have zero interest in either. The Bryans aren't playing. They look terrible. In that. A sad, sad situation. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, we don't have that much to look forward to in doubles draws and the Williams sisters and the Bryans, either of them are playing, it's just kind of like whatever. Right. And Hink, no, Hingis, it's kind of, maybe some story will come out of it that we don't know about, but it seems unlikely. Yeah, it's, um, first of all, I think mixed doubles should just go <laughs> away. That's not even a real thing. I didn't. I tried to click on the mixed doubles draw, and they don't have it posted yet. Um, so. <laughs> they don't have enough people signed up. <laughs> the draw will be available starting July fourth. <laughs> Holy hell! Yeah, it's uh, exactly in honor of our independence. Only Is the that? players that lose first or second round are going to sign up. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be. Ta- we have a sign-in table for the consolation. <laughs> they're going to be out in the crowd. <laughs> double spots, mixed double spots. Well, I think the prize money for that is like. Total was like 150,000 or two. I think the winning team gets maybe 150 or 125. Split. Right. Yeah. Um, what a deal. But no, you want to hear Corey's Corner? You ready? Oh, baby. I think we're right on time for Corey. We, we, we talked <laughs> the <nothing>. show over. <laughs> well, are, I mean, are we going to get back to the draws? Oh, uh, yeah, we pre- will. Okay. Is this going to lead us into it or is this a yes, total like screeching halt and then we got to go back? <laughs> no, it's going to be related. So, oh, God. <laughs> Corey's Corner. We need some theme music. Um, but no, what I want to talk about I don't is, have a banjo. to me, what makes a Grand Slam tournament good. Like, when a tournament's over, what are, what makes a tournament either entertaining or not entertaining? To me, it takes three things. You have to have compelling first-round matches, meaning upsets or dramatic five-setters or dramatic three-setters. You think about okay. Federer and Tiafo. So first-round matches compelling to get you started off on the Fortnite properly. Right. Like Federer and Tiafo had that five setter at the US Open. Right. Yeah, Under Ag- the lights. Right. Agassi and Blake had that one several years ago. Halep and Sharapova. You know, th- those kind of matches to me are what get people talking about the tournament right away. A buzz. Like looking at the draw, saying, hey, what's what? Got right. you. Okay. Number two, you've got to have a completely unknown player, you know, preferably teenager and preferably from that home country. Okay. That. You know, beat somebody totally unexpectedly. All right, and I'm talking about like the CC Bellis is the obvious one, but like someone you've never heard. So of. not even so Kyle Edmund would not no. qualify as that at no. this point. It's got to be like the Marcus Willis, you know, when right. he beat. It's got to be somebody like that that you've never heard of. They shouldn't even really be in the draw. They got in somehow because. Well, why? How about Liam Brody? <laughs> no, that would that would be good. All right, yeah, so somebody that, like that. Well, all right, well, he's playing Roundit, so that should happen because Roundit will fall apart if it goes <laughs> longer than two sets. Right. Yeah, so somebody like that. I mean, somebody. Yeah, there's all kinds of wild cards in the draw. It makes it. You know, they have a lot of opportunities for that to happen. So you think? Well, go ahead and get to your third. Go ahead and get. And your then third. the third is. Well, now you got me thrown off. Uh, Sorry. 
<laughs> That's right. But anyway, yeah, Marcus Willis, CC Bellis, those kind of things. And the third, to me, it has nothing to do with who wins, but it's got to be a a Cinderella story of like a comeback story, like somebody like a Venus Williams. Oh, she hasn't done well for a year. Federer, the Australian. It's got to be somebody that goes in the semis or finals that we haven't seen for a long time. Do well, not win it. Right. So all this, if all this happened, and Federer still came through in a Roddick esque final, right? Then you would be weeping on your knees at the end, <laughs> along with Federer. Right. Although he tends to fall on his back, which yeah. is so fabricated, <laughs> it it is almost as after fab- you've done it twenty times, it's almost as fabricated as that dumb heart thing. I want to punch <laughs> Djokovic and his Lego hair. I think. Some of them, I agree, are fabricated. I think, you know, when he won that Australian after not winning one right, for so long right. against Nadal. But right. yeah, some of them, it's like, is it, was he really expecting to lose? Right. Um, I mean, come on. But, but, all right. So, but yeah, to me, it's got to be somebody that you didn't so, think was around for a while. So, number one in this draw on the men's side, Brody, Liam Brody would be, he's 24, he's 175 in the world, and he's a Brit. Right. And apparently, he's super woke. Okay. He's all he's like he's like coming up on Andy's back, you know, up behind him trying to pass him for the most, you know most of the women. There was a woman in nineteen twenty eight that did the same thing. You know, so he's that guy. So yeah. um I so, mean preferably someone who's maybe good. in their first slam or something, but eh, well, but know, that's listen. fine too. He's yeah. the first one the first slam that we've heard of. So a light bulb just went off over coach's head. So would that mean that a tennis Sandgren in the U.S. Open could be that? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want to start trouble. Yeah. Uh, but I think before he became infamous, that uh, was kind of, yeah. So <laughs> that was the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So now how about on, so he, so we're going to lock him in for that guy. Okay. All right. So now on the women's side, any Brits that come to mind that, uh, well, again, there's a lot in here that I haven't heard of. You got Gabriella Taylor and Katie Bolter. They're both wild cards. Who knows who these? Katie Dunn. Yeah, Katie Dunn, who plays Ostapanko. She could take her out. Katie Swan. Apparently, everybody's named Katie in uh, yeah. England. But yeah, I mean, to me, those are the kind of things that those people get generate an interest because after one round or two rounds, then they get on center court, or then they always end up playing somebody really good. Well, wait a minute. How about Naomi Brody? Is that oh, Liam's man. sister? A brother's sister. Is it? They're both from Stockport, England. Wow. What? There you go. And Christian Harrison's playing in this tournament, too, by the way. Uh-oh. That's, uh, I don't know if he's as racist as his uh, <laughs> brother. Impossible. Uh, <laughs> We're kidding. Yes. We don't need any more American boys beating us up, please. No. <laughs> um, all right. So the second one was what now? The comeback story. You know, someone right. that's been injured or hasn't done well in a while and just comes out of nowhere and goes to quarters or... Well, I thought the second one was a lot of good first round. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the third entry. one. That's the third one. Yeah, the second one is really good first round matches. So, on the women's side, do we have that? Well, I mean, you don't know until they get out there, but there's a Benchich Garcia first round, which to me is really interesting. Yeah. Because she was a top 10 player and then kind of disappeared for a while. No, that to me is one of them. You know, Kuznetsova and Streetsova is kind of a, that's kind of a comeback and a could be a good first round. The ladies' draw to me is not as interesting early on. It's really not. Uh, there's no like big matchups, although Muguruza plays Brody, so that could be the that could be a double. Uh oh. Um, yeah, and and Zvonareva goes into number three. Kerber and Zvonareva. I mean, Zvonareva didn't. No one even knew she was still on the tour, and she qualified, and she's playing Kerber first round. If she were to win that, 
Right. Blow would, the roof off. That would be interesting. And of course, Eugenie and <laughs> Sharapova. Right. So those would be the in draw. the comeback category. If they were to come, <laughs> go deep, that's going to generate interest. I don't care sure. if you're a tennis fan or not. You're going to pay attention to that. It's like, kind of like, I mean, not to Tiger Woods' degree, but similar. I'll tell you another a matchup. Osaka Nikolescu would be a fun one because you got this young big hitter oh, yeah. with a, a hacker. A, a, a three five lady, yeah. basically <laughs> hacking. No offense to it's three five ladies. I watch all week. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> They're listeners. We love I love. You. I love that uh, the way she plays, just because I love to see the other players struggle against her. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, those are great. How about risk, America? I mean, again, I I agree with you. Ha- it, it, the young player having to be the home country adds a to me adds a bunch to it. But right. for us, you know, that young player risk, you know, is yeah. kind of lower you know, age-wise or whatever, then, you know, the keys and the, you know, um, so. Yeah, I think those, I mean, I think just because you can see the buzz when you're watching on TV when it's a home person. Right. Or if we watch it on TV, they're creating the buzz, but the commentary, but really they, people there don't care. Right, but, right, right, right. But it's, everybody's on the edge of their seat if it's if it's a hometown right. kid. Right. But yeah, uh, in the men's, there's... You know, several interesting. Dimitrov and Warenka first round. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? That's you thinking with your heart because Warenka's look like shit. He's been awful. I, I think Daniil Medvedev and Korch ought to be a good one because Korch is not a you know a green grass guy, even though he just beat Federer. But, right. You know, as we've seen, those kind of results mean zero <laughs> in right. the Grand Slams. What do you think about this? Query. No. Go ahead. What? Monfi Gasquet, how far they've fallen, first round. Well, the good news is at least one of them will get to the, What if they both retire? Holy shit. Not just from the first, match, I mean career. A, has there ever been a double walkover in a, a grand double slam? career, <laughs> A double career retirement. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm sure Gasquet wants to kick his ass and show, hey, hey I'm the best second-rate Frenchman, not you. God bless America. <laughs> and Murray, uh, doesn't Murray have Benoit Pair? Yes, and unfortunately, I don't know what that means because who knows? It's hard to tell because he, apparently he said something about how you know long it took him to get his life together after the last tournament. So I'm worried. And I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm picking a doll oh, to God. the quarters. That's this is the easiest draw I've seen him have in a slam, and I don't know how long. So I mean, in a, in a Wimbledon, right? It, this looks like a French Open draw for him. Um, so he's got Chechenato as his first seed he plays. And then Schwartzman, the next seed, Schwartzman or Fronini, which he, he did have tough matches against those guys, but he's obviously got a winning record against both of them, and they're both clay quarters. Right. So, and then he would have Del Potro or Goffin. So, I mean, I think if he ever makes a run at Wimbledon again, this might be it. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Um, Verdasco Tiafo. But all we would do is bitch about how weak the game is if the clay court <laughs> king is dominating right. the grass. So, hopefully he loses first round. <laughs> team team in Baghdadis? I mean, again, to me, that's more of a heart pick. Like, yeah, right. that, that could be a good match. It could also be 1-1-1. One, one, one. But that's the candidate for the comeback, you know, story. Baghdadis uh, goes really? to the third. Yeah, I know. I don't know if he's ever – I don't know. Uh, no, you know who's the comeback. Well, Murray's the obvious. No, we're, I'm looking for the match. I don't know who he plays. Um, Golbus. I just saw – yeah, he's playing – a Brit, a Brit uh, unknown, and then he plays Zoomer, which is not a grass court player. But he was just in the finals and just beat Manorino in a grass court. And he's tournament. had a good. He's actually had a really good year. I think he's going to finish the year probably top twenty. 
But yeah, I did see Gulbis, so French Open semifinalist, and he qualified. I think he qualified for the French and Wimbledon back-to-back. Isn't he the guy that's a billionaire? Yes. <laughs> or his dad is. Not yeah, him. his dad. And he has that career every other year. He has a great year. Right. And then the, and then when he was supposed to have a good year a couple years ago, he was horrible. So then he had like three bad years in a row. No, I, th- I think he is actually a bad guy, according to people. But I, I think he's actually like... Well, isn't every billionaire a bad guy? Yeah, maybe, but he's <laughs> actually like women should be in the kitchen, not just... <laughs> no, no, no. Because, I mean, to me, if you're a male player on the door and you are there day in and day out and you have overlapping tournaments with women's tournaments and you can look in the stands and you get a sense that they're more full for your matches than the I mean, all anecdotal, of course. Right. But I think it's reasonable for a player from their own anecdotal evidence, what they see, to say, yeah, we're we're way more popular than women. We should get more prize money than they should. Right. Or it shouldn't be equal, nonetheless. Yeah. He actually... That's a reasonable thing, and you can work through it and have some arguments about it and have a discussion, but, well, you can't with tennis Twitter, but with a regular human being, you can. Yeah. And maybe you can come to the ultimate conclusion that, yeah, there should be equal prize, whatever. But he wants women in the kitchen, (laughs) this kind of thing, which is different. Now, I'm not saying that women... Women shouldn't have a draw in the Wimbledon. I'm saying women can't be in the kitchen. I mean, we all got to eat. Right. So, certainly, (laughs) a woman can go in the kitchen. A woman can do whatever she wants. She's grown-ass women. Right. But uh, no, no, I think he's, uh, from what I've heard, and again, this is fifth hand probably <laughs> from Twitter, Twitter, yeah. Twitter, Twitter away. Right. But yeah, I think he's that kind of guy. I could be wrong. And if, if you are, I'm, I apologize because you're a billionaire. You could probably make me disappear. Uh, or you could help us out. And we, <laughs> I said we needed a billionaire to save That's American right. tennis. Exactly. Because all the billionaires that are involved are doing a terrible job. Start with the podcast and work your way up. There you go. No, start with a brand new tennis center for me, which <laughs> our studio will be in. There you go. I mean, we don't have a producer here. That's right. What's the difference, Michael? <laughs> Michael, you're listening. I know you are. When you edit. We know he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> um. All right. So how how about this? To me, this is going to be the most fun, fun matchup: tennis Sanger and against Djokovic. Because first of all, I saw that it's going to be on TV because it's oh, Djokovic, totally. right. and that's going to make everyone on tennis Twitter. A furious. Well, and and they're both supposed either. Well, you got a supremacist and a show, a supremacist and a chauvinist playing each other. Yeah, but Djokovic has held Serena's baby, <laughs> so I think that wipes away a lot of the stuff for tennis Twitter. I think he's kind of like yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> whatever shielded. Um, but yeah, so I'm hoping Tennis Sangren wins that just to make tennis Twitter miserable. <laughs> Uh, and he's American, so that's fine, but I, yeah. I just don't care. That That's a crazy section because you've got Edmund in there and obviously Team, Nishikori, Zverev. I mean, you've got a ton of people in that quarter. Here's a comeback for you. Here's a comeback that could really grab me. That's weird. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I don't broadcast professionally, people. Um, <laughs> Bernard Tomic. Ugh. I know. I know. <laughs> your look you just gave is exactly how I feel. However... From things you hear, uh, he's getting his life together. Yeah. He's becoming a better human being. He was he was twelve when he started this shit. You know what I mean? Well, he was an asshole. And when I talked about comeback stories, to me, it's okay to be negative. It can be positive or negative, right? Um, and or obviously, a great one is negative turning into a positive. But to me, it's you have to have some feelings one way or the other. You know, if like when uh, Kamiko Date Crumb came back on the tour. <laughs> 
I wasn't I wasn't riveted. No know, one cared. Her, right. <laughs> no one cared. So you know, sorry, Kamiko. It's got to be somebody who has some you know fan base one way or the other, or hate base. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And because so, I think people would love to see him just get destroyed. Um, and then if he beats somebody that's a fan favorite, then it becomes even more interesting. Right. Um, now I think Great Britain and France hate each other, so I'm hoping Benoit Pair and Andy Murray is a you know really contentious match just for that purpose because I want to see Benoit Pair getting booed because I think it's a that's the only way he could keep him, himself in check. I was going to say that's the kind of person that Murray just usually kills someone who's that you know kind of erratic. The people that Murray usually loses to are the people that are just kind of like push the ball back and as Murray loses focus for a while and then you know yells at Lindell for a minute right and then he turns it on in the fifth set or whatever which he might not be able to do this time right but I like Shapovalov's draw is awful he's got Shardy and then that Murray pair and then he would have Del Potro I mean that's three matches in a row yeah and then of course socks so he's got no chance to get out of that (laughs) um but I mean that's an awful. I, I really like him, and I feel like he's up and coming. But that's a terrible draw. Well, here's the good news: Sock his seating <laughs> is slipping. How now, is he still seated? Talk about the seating controversy. <laughs> how, is, how is he still seated? So you, in think, a slam? you think Serena should have been seated higher in the men's draw <laughs> than Jack Sock? <laughs> switch, switch Serena and Sock, and that'll be a more interesting tournament uh, on both sides. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's seated 18. I mean, God, he has, he's playing two. Berrettini. And then Simone, which is not a grass court player. Gil, yeah, or Bacchesvili. Uh, I mean, maybe he can do something. I don't know. I don't either. So, uh, it, I will say, yeah, you're right. The early rounds seem to be more exciting on the men's side. We're not sexist. And then, of course, it'll be down to Federer and Nadal in the quarters <laughs> with nobody that can stop them. Right. And we'll be all pissed off. And yeah. then the women, will be it'll be all hell breaking loose. Everybody, right. I mean, everybody will be fighting to the death. The courts will be littered with their blood. <laughs> um, and so outside of those three things that I mentioned, what to you makes a great slam? All right. So, we, so first round, we didn't get to the third one. What was the third one? Well, we sort of did, just having the comeback player. Oh, I see. I uh, see. Which would be Murray or... Well, let me comment. So the Bouchard. local one, I've always been a fan of somebody local doing well. I didn't care if it was a newcomer or a Murray type, you know, yeah. or an American like Agassi or Sampras. But so, you know, either way, if it's a home country person, I'm always excited for that because right. of the home country. They put the slam on, they, you know, spend the resources and support yeah. it and all that for the most part. And, and it's good to see them rewarded. Uh, the second thing was uh, what? Again, just competitive first round matches. Competitive first round matches, which again you think that makes for a great slam, yet you don't want to go to sixteen seeds, you <laughs> jackass. Um. Well, and I do think when I say competitive first round matches, by the way, I still want the vast majority of the seeds to win because you got to have players in the third, fourth round you care about watching. You know, so I I still want them to be. I just don't want it to be a Federer, you know, one, two, and one, and. I want to be able to see, oh man, Federer's in the fourth set right now, or Federer's in the fifth set, or, you know, Raonic is in the, you know, whatever. I want it to be, I don't want those three center court matches Raonic, to be straight sets. Raonic is in the training tent. What? <laughs> um, right. Well, I think that if you have enough, com- I think you can have competitive matches in the first round, 16 seeds, and enough will, cream will rise to the top that right. it'll still be worth it. Yeah. So I, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, and that's why I like – because somebody made a good point. I'll tell you who it was. It was uh, um, 
the Body Serve podcast. Yeah. So why don't I just always? It's like doing a Coke commercial on a Pepsi commercial, <laughs> like writing buy Coke right. on a Pepsi can. <laughs> but no, no, I think I think for tennis, I think we're all working together because we have to because nobody gives a shit about our dumb sport. <laughs> um, but they made a point about um, now. Nah, shit, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> Coke and Pepsi, son of a bitch. What was I talking about? Competitive for oh the seeding, sixteen seeds. Oh, I know what. Now they used. A word that you know a, a trigger word if you will uh but they mentioned that the top seeds are privileged right or that you know which is a silly word but that you know the one seed by not having one of the other 31 people that might push you a little bit right you know for a couple of rounds you play tomato cans cutting half the seeds out makes it that much sooner you're going to be pushed right now we talked about the the march madness rule the one seed playing the 16 you know and then who knows if that would ever work i don't know i I think that's too hard to do but yeah i just i like going down i i wouldn't be upset of going down to 12 seeds to be honest with you i wouldn't give a shit yeah i mean it definitely makes for better first and second regular matches for sure i don't think anybody could argue that but I think, you know, the, the, what, the reason I was surprised, I didn't necessarily say I was not in favor of it, but the reason I'm surprised is the tournaments always want the best players in at the end. But I think you're right, though, that the buzz, I think the buzz of a bunch of good for some, you know, blockbuster matches, Sharapova coming back, playing Holla, right? you know, um, every time Serena is on her comeback in a first round match, there's buzz. Um, well, if I had to guess, I would assume every Grand Slam sells out in quarter semis finals. No matter what. Right. Because they're, they're already pre-sold. Yeah. So, but you get the rest of the crowd. I think that buzz from the first round will carry through as opposed to, you know, oh, it's veteran at all. But then again, we're smarter than the average fan, so we're sick of seeing the same thing. Right. Whereas everybody else is just like, the well, of 20, <laughs> Lego hair, long face, boo. Well, we could even look. I mean... You know, some of these players wouldn't be seated. <laughs> I was going to say Pui. That would be terrible if he wasn't seated. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there'd be some There'd be some big names. Edmund would be unseated, and he's a great grass court player. Nishikori would be unseated. Sock would be unseated. Done. Lock it up. <laughs> Whatever he's seated, one less than that should be how many seeds we have in every tournament. <laughs> and Gasquet would be unseated. I Good. Mean, he's 100. Carreno Busta. So, I mean, there would be some interesting... You know, for interesting first round matches. Right. And why is that bad? Kanto would be unseated. Barty, Osaka. I mean, those are matches that could, they could really challenge those players that are. Well, I don't know. I don't know how long it's been 16 and then when it was 32 and all that. But obviously, the game wasn't broke back then. We've had a lot of golden ages when there were 16 seeds. So I don't care. Well, and how many times do we have to watch, you know, Federal roll through the first three rounds? To me, that's not interesting. At all, uh, and they—I mean—they show every minute of that or their matches. That's the worst. That is. So I'm like, if you—if at least they're competitive, I have no problem watching them. But I don't need to watch them up two sets to love and four-one in the third set, and I need to still watch the end of it. So are you still on board with not making a prediction? I mean, it's so tempting. Every you want to <laughs> you want to make a prediction because that's what you do. You right. know what I mean? I've made mine just about Nadal. I wasn't gonna. I don't care if we pick winners or not. I like just to make kind of general predictions about what you want to things see. Things are going to happen. What, like we said, Federer versus the field. I mean, we already. Right. You know, and. Even that, because here's the thing. Because unless it's the worst error in the history. Oh, it is. Um, 
there's so there's so many variables that can go into it. And it just, you know, there's no there's no like uh excitement about making a pick. It doesn't right. I just don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care about other people's predictions. I don't care about my, I definitely don't care about your dumb predictions. No, nobody's I don't think anybody's watching a tournament and then when the final ends, they say, wow, you know, Leif Shiras was right. <laughs> I mean, we're, nobody's saying that. Not, Nobody remembers two weeks ago who he predicted. I'm not I mean, picking on Leif, by the way. I'm, I'm <laughs> fond of him. I, I think. But I just mean, after two weeks, I think in, in a match itself, I have no problem making a prediction like we did with Serena Sharpova that never happened. But, <laughs> yeah, we were on it. We would have got it perfect, too. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think for predicting a whole tournament, it's kind of silly. It's like when people do predictions for the NBA, who's going to win the NBA Finals next year? I'm like, no one's going to remember what you're talking about. The season's going to end in nine months. And it's not like you're picking based on – it's not – put it this way. It's not even possible that you are utilizing any of your tennis knowledge to make that pick. Right. So right or wrong, it's irrelevant. You got lucky either way. Right. Um, well, and like Federer is not going to play a match the rest of this year where he's not the favorite. Right. So to pick Federer to me is like, why even make a pick? Right. Like I asked my friend earlier today, I said, who is your pick to win Wimbledon besides Federer? Because to me, Federer just, if you said that, I would say, well, I don't even need to ask, talk to you about it. Why do I need right. to even talk about it? Just pick somebody. And then if Maybe he loses. You just got a f- bunch of friends you don't like. Is that what it is? <laughs> when if he loses in the final and who you pick loses in the final, I say, wow, that was a great pick. Yeah, exactly. Um, because yeah. everybody picks Federer. I mean, that's not, if you pick Golden State. Well, here's like, the other thing. Wow, great here's job. the other. Here's the only people that can pick players. Is the people like BG Tennis Nation who are making up awesome nicknames? No, um, <laughs> who are traveling with the tour week in week out? I don't know if he's doing that, but there are journalists that are. Right. But then, if they're not tennis people, then how do they? You know, it's what it, I was going to say. What's funny is those people don't usually get any more right than we do. Right, like you see the NFL players that retire and they make all their picks the next year and they're wrong. Except all of them. Tony Romo is a genius. Oh God. Tony Romo is a genius. I can't stand the cow. I hate. He knows every play. The cowboy. He, what a genius. Um, <laughs> good looking fellow. What a golfer too. Apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the people that are traveling as journalists and they're not tennis people, they're seeing everybody, but they don't know the depth of what they're looking at. Right. I may or you may, and not you, but people like me may know the depth <laughs> the depth of what we're looking at. <laughs> but watching a match or part of a match on a TV screen and they're, you know, flipping around to other matches is not enough. Right. When and we look at UTR where they, their entire business is built on tennis ratings and they're probably what, 75, 80% accurate. Well, last that's probably the best they're going to get was last year's Wimbledon when we did our UTR preview. I think it was. And it was a shit show. Right. Now they're under new management or ownership or whatever. So maybe they've tweaked or whatever. But we did the women last year, and it was a crapshoot at <laughs> right. best. At yeah, best. so I just think it's – I think you're more basing – like I, I'm looking more into general things like how do you think Murray's going to look? How do you think, you know, how deep is Nadal going to go? How is Kyrgios going to do? You know, how far is Serena going to get? To me, those are more general, you know, predictions that we can make as opposed to going match by match. Right. And to me, if somebody loses 7-6 in the third, I'm not going to – that's you know, a win. Kill yeah. myself over that prediction. That's equal to like they lost by two points. Yeah, exactly. If they exactly. play ten more times, it's you know who knows. Right. All right, good. I think I just got us out of having to make predictions <laughs> and look like assholes when we get it wrong. But that's not why. It's just yeah. it, I just feel every time we're about to make a prediction, I'm I'm just less than enthusiastic about it because it's like there's just no amount of information that we could possibly have being here 
that you know i mean how did they look in practice well and i'll get you in a in a way to answer it without did they get, were they wrong. hung over i mean what did they do you know <laughs> right. i mean there's so, how did they feel when they woke up yeah you know how did their back well like i'll ask you who do they get caught with that hooker or not i don't you know <laughs> let's just assume federer lost whenever okay who hopefully would not surprise you if they won besides him the whole thing who would not yeah. surprise me yeah oh the usual suspects it's still even though chillich chillich i mean i don't know if delpo's physically nadal, can do it obviously. but yeah nadal i don't know if delpo can physically do it but i mean if he had a couple of good guys out of his way maybe so they wouldn't surprise me that's what i mean i mean we can always go through the list and there's always through djokovic of course there's always be three or four but it's like it doesn't mean that i mean i think everybody I can't has that decide list. i can't decide if djokovic wouldn't surprise me even if Federer is still in it I don't I'm not it's kind of like the Serena thing like I know I could pull the trigger and it's not a dumb pick right but I don't know if he's there yet it's just you just and that's exactly the point it's like who who in the world except for maybe our dear dear friend Erica picking um (laughs) her life future life partner um Djokovic you know other than that Here's what I'll say. I would be surprised if a first-time winner wins. Of course, that's pretty much any slam, but would you be surprised if Zverev won? With Let's just say Federer retires oh, after third round. I'd be huge, yeah. Okay, yeah, so I, and I'm the same way. I'm not ever going to give him credit <laughs> for winning one until he at least gets to a semi or final. Right. Would you be surprised, surprised if Dimitrov won one or won it? Mm, yeah, because, uh, yeah, yes, I would. He'd have to beat Chilich, potentially Federer, and then obviously the other half. I don't give a shit who he'd have to beat. He'd have to win <laughs> the damn tournament. I, that that alone, I mean, he's, he's given me no indication. Right. So that's what I'm – and again, that's what to me, the tournament is so much more interesting if Federer's not in it. Well, Just, yeah, and we've – you know, and that's one thing, we, we a common theme we have for sure. But to me – it still falls under the category of ho-hum because somebody else is winning it, but they have no business winning it. Well, you that's know, it's I mean. like, it's it, like it would come be, on. The best case scenario is shit. somebody wins it and beats Federer along the way. Then it's more interesting and more deserving. How about this for a prediction? We're not going to have a single match with anybody between two players both inside the top 20 that looked like and was competitive and compelling <laughs> and at the highest level of tennis right. as any uh, as that Roddick Fetter oh, um, yeah. I mean that's for for you kids these days I mean that to me is my standard of yeah. you know great a friend of mine said the exact same thing well he's a genius I like that guy he did say the Fetter and all one was was really good too but um I told him the Federer Roddick to me was better. It was so good, so good. Contrasting, st- I mean, I mean, I guess so is Rod, uh, Nadal, and but you know, that, yeah. so that's so anything less than that tends to be a little bit of a letdown, right? So call me crazy, I don't know. So you don't give Chorich any chance against Federer this oh, time hell around? No. No. Oh hell no! <laughs> what based on his win a week ago or whatever it yeah. was? I don't give a sh- no. Means nothing. So, and Federer's got Leonardo Meyer as his first seed, which is literally the 32 seed. So they did it like the NCAA, uh, one versus 32. There you go. And then 16 is in the quarters. So that'd be one versus 16. So literally, they they did it for him. Uh, and then he has eight. I mean, literally the whole draw is one, 32, 16, eight. It would be Kevin Anderson. 
And then I guess it changes. They don't have the, he doesn't have the four seed, but everything else. The six foot fifty baseliner Kevin Anderson. I mean, I don't see any of those guys beating him. Mm-mm. And Dimitrov can never beat him. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. I, so I have, I have to say, I'd be surprised if anybody you know even challenges him really, which is depressing. It is. It just <laughs> you've taken the air out. Oh, great! Was that your Corey's corner? <laughs> Deflate the entire podcast. Yes. We might as well just quit. Don't tune in next week. Yeah, we talk about it. Just yeah, we're going to have something else. <laughs> yes, we may actually have a special guest. <laughs> oh actually. yeah, we might. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't Listen, I don't want to say is too much. Jack Sock available? I wish. Well, he will be, sure. <laughs> That's what I was leading <laughs> after, you to. After Monday, yeah. He'll, or Tuesday, yeah, he'll be here. Oh, Jack Sock, please don't beat us up. We are a fan. We're just a fan. We really are. Well, he is the Brian substitute for doubles. So he's got At a Davis shot. Cup, you mean? No, no, in this tournament. Oh, he's in doubles? Yeah, he's playing with one of the Brian. The then, other Brian. Oh, okay, then he won't be available for... Um, <laughs> all right. That'd be interesting. That's something I want to see. I do too. I actually think that that's got to be a pretty good team. Well, you've got a guy who is the 18 seed in singles. Let's see how he fares against a shit show of a doubles mat tournament. Well, and has have the what I'm curious is I don't I haven't looked this up because we don't do show prep, but have the, the Bryans <laughs> ever won a slam without each other? And I know they haven't mixed. I don't know. But but yeah, don't obviously. They, I don't think they have in men's. <laughs> I don't think they play with but each then other. Again, for mixed. <laughs> then again, they've probably played three men's tournaments without each other. So yeah, who knows? Not many opportunities. Not only who knows that, but who knows any of this shit, <laughs> to be honest with you. Just listen. We're just here because, damn it, we love this dumb game, and it deserves as much love in whatever form you can give it, and if it's listening and spreading the word of this podcast, and damn it, do your job. <laughs> do your damn job. Yes. All righty. I think we've knocked out another episode. What do you think? You feel good about this one? I feel great. Outstanding. Um, anything else? Nope. Good answer. <laughs> I need to start asking you that question at the beginning of this <laughs> podcast. All right. So uh, as you well know, you downloaded it. That's not enough. Download it, but then share it with all your loser friends who sit around listening to podcasts. <laughs> Listen, if you're in Texas, you'd much rather be listening to a podcast and be out in this hellhole yeah, of a heat trying to play tennis and you'll be dead. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever died from listening to this podcast. I hope not. Why did I even bring that up? Right. I, oh, my God, that's terrible. Um, but it's hot as shit outside. This is brutal. <laughs> this is dumb tennis weather. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so, yeah, stay inside. Stay inside if you're not anywhere outside of Alaska. Binge listen to us like uh, they do on Netflix and Hulu. Just listen to every episode in a row and then call in and tell us what we're doing wrong. Yeah, multiple times. Right. Um, yeah, so do all that stuff. Download it, share it. Get on our Twitter, which is new for you longtime fans. It used to be a numbers and letters. It was a whole shit show. But I, I figured out you can change it. So now it's just Tennis Rev Pod. T-E-N- you know how to spell tennis. R-E-V-P-O-D. Tennis Rev Pod. <laughs> That's Twitter. Instagram, we are still growing. <laughs> I, listen, I there's a lot of things I like about this podcast. A lot of things I like about our fans. A lot of things, you know. But the thing I like the most is... Is that we're growing on Instagram without <laughs> posting a single picture. How are we going to celebrate when we get to 100? Ooh, by not, <laughs> by not putting out a picture. I, think I, that's I still want you to just post like a, a just completely black picture. Just so people can comment on uh, it. I don't know if that goes against the, you know, the just the... That's true. I guess it is technically mm, a picture. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I, the integrity. I got to keep the integrity. Maintain <laughs> the integrity. So, 
Tennis Revolution Pod is what you do for, and again, according to our expert in this area, it is at Tennis Revolution Pod, even on Instagram. So that's something. Take a gander. Take a, no, that mean mean look. You're not looking. Guess <laughs> how many Insta followers we have. 64. You cheater. <laughs> is that exactly right? No, no. Oh. No, 68. Oh, man. We're like exponentially but growing. But you didn't get today's number. So I think you probably had 64, and then we got four <laughs> more this week. Right. So we have 68 followers. That's almost half a hundred. Those are sad lives. <laughs> no, it's not. Those are the, those are the diehards. Listen, I told you that's who I appreciate the most. There's got to be spammers. The ones goofy enough to just follow Instagram, knowing not a single picture is getting sent. I appreciate you fans more than any of the other. I mean, ones. do you want to win Wimbledon or not? Follow the follow the Instagram page. I don't think it's is it. What do you think? Should we should we spread Pod Karma to the Insta as well? Oh, is it Twitter that we're looking it's for? It's only the, Twitter. Oh, I see. Sorry, I mixed up our uh, so, social media accounts. If you haven't gone back and listened to previous episodes, at one point in time, for I think probably <laughs> eight to ten hours, we had one, wait for it, you might want to write this down, folks, we had one Yanina Wickmeyer following the podcast. And to me, I with the name on Twitter with one zero S, red, I mean... That was so dumb. How could anybody accidentally find that? I don't think it was possible. So I think she followed us on purpose. And then, of course, I scared her away. I didn't send her dick pics or anything like that. I swear. <laughs> I swear. I don't do that. I just said, hey, thanks for following us. The, the, you know, the, the podcast will follow you as well. And then she disappeared. <laughs> So, hasn't won a Grand Slam match since. Hasn't won a Grand Slam match <laughs> since. You be the judge on what happened there. So you think so? There is a such thing as Pod Karma. If we get a blue check mark tennis player to follow the Twitter, then I think their career, their rankings are going to skyrocket. Now, with that being said, should we extend that to Instagram? That's a tough one. I, I really do think that's a tough one. Um. Well, the problem is, I guess, on Instagram, are they not verified officially, or are they? That's um, a good question. We'll have to get Erica back on here and answer that question for us. So let's just keep it for Twitter. That's yeah. true. The, the blue check mark Twitter, yeah, let's just keep it for that for now. And ultimately, I want to keep Instagram special for those special fans, tough enough and smart enough and clever <laughs> enough to follow us, knowing they're never going to get... <laughs> Hell, if you told me I would never get anything from you, you know how much stuff I'd sign up for? Right. Holy shit, I'd be all over the place. <laughs> yes. You mean you'll never send me anything ever? <laughs> I'm in. Right. <laughs> so I'm doing you a favor here. This is really the best offer we have, is join the Instagram, follow the Instagram, Tennis Revolution, no, yeah, Tennis Revolution Pod, Pod yeah. at Tennis Revolution Pod on Instagram. You can check out our website, but I mean, it's not 2004, honestly, <laughs> so... It's tennis, TennisRevolutionPodcast.com. Yeah, we'll never blow up your feed with any posts. And no, <laughs> not one. Yeah, not one. It seems a little bit antiquated to follow, but what the hell, give it a try to go to the website. And uh, and spread the word, damn it. We're trying to do some good stuff here. And the more listeners we have, guess what we have? More power to create trouble. That's right. More cre- We get two more listeners. I think we hit 50,000. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. That's a total multiplied by. T- <laughs> we don't know what. I don't even know how to find how many listeners we have, but it's a lot. It's a lot. So anyway, all right. That was a long way to go to say we had nothing else to say. Yes. But uh, yeah, so keep spreading the word. Tweet it out. Facebook it. Do all that other stuff. 
And uh, y'all got to share on Facebook because I try to send it out to you and they keep blocking me for abusing <laughs> the the features or whatever and I get sure, locked that's out. that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, again, back to the no dick. I swear. Um, but again, that's all because I don't know how to use any of this stuff. Right. Um, I'm just... I'm literally just banging away with drumsticks on on my phone and my computer keyboard, and just it just happens by luck. So, all right, hey, by all means, tweet at us if you have questions or comments. I don't know how to get to them, but it might make you feel better. Uh, so do that. We might accidentally run across them sometimes. Yeah, sometimes when my phone's like like the black screen, it's not off, but it just kind of went dark, and I pick it up and it sort of comes on, it's got a message automatically from either Twitter or something else, and I might accidentally luckily hit a time when that's up. Because <laughs> then I click, I open the phone with my fingerprint, right. and it's gone. We'll, yeah. have, we'll have a viewer or listener mail segment one of these days. Oh, my God, something. So <laughs> Anyway, all right, well, listen, enjoy the big W because it means one thing and one thing only. Hardcore season's right around the corner, baby. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, no, seriously. Grass court tennis, hopefully we're going to continue to see more volleying on, in both genders. Uh, probably not as much in doubles. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh, all right. All right. I think that's all we got. And uh, again, appreciate you listening. Share, share, share. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Pod Karma. <laughs>